0: Don't be a guru on a mountain share what you've learned I mean to your peers to to your younger self yeah. there's always somebody who will find it engaging
1: Welcome to Rep Your Brand a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their career through a strong personal brand Brand. Rep your brand is hosted by nick bennett one of linkedin's top voices on field marketing and personal branding. personal branding in each episode nick captures stories on how to overcome the challenges marketers face with growing their brand so if you're a marketer looking to open doors and create opportunities that you never thought were possible then listen in to get tangible tips and strategies to build your very own personal brand Hello and welcome to another episode of Rep Your Brand, a podcast for B2B marketers who are looking to build their careers through a strong personal brand. I'm Nick Bennett. This podcast is brought to you by my friends at Motion. They're a done for you podcasting service for scrappy marketing teams in B2B tech. They're two of the nicest guys around, and the work that they do is truly world-class. You can find them at motionagency.io, and today I'm super pumped. Our guest is Pep Laias, CEO of Winter and founder of CXL, and someone that personally for me is a must-follow on social. Pep, thanks for joining me. I'm pumped to be here, man. Cool. All right, so I'm going to kind of get into it, because honestly, everyone knows who you are. You have huge followings on, on LinkedIn and, and Twitter, so I've, I, I did some digging uh recently and um, i found out some interesting things i wanted to kind of get your thoughts around it so when you started out your blog in 2011 there were 7 million other marketing blogs that were out there and english wasn't your first language so how did you overcome this imposter syndrome to build your initial business cxl hmm.
0: i guess my initial confidence came from the fact that i had built the most popular marketing blog in my native language which is estonian so it was a number one marketing blog, uh, and I was like the number one marketing speaker. I was filling conference rooms with people just li- listening to me for two days and so on. So, came from a background where you know I have I have had some success, and that you know fed my confidence. Uh, so that was one. And then uh, my wife basically encouraged me. It's like you can do it. You can do it in English as well. And obviously, there, as you said, there were about 7 million or so marketing blogs already. So quite smartly, if I may so, say so myself, I decided that I got a niche down. I got a niche down because it's not possible to go head, head to head with Seth Godin. Uh, and so I decided to go for conversion optimization. And I told myself, I'm going to become the number one guy in conversion optimization in the world.
1: No, yeah. I that, that's amazing. It, it's crazy. You, you mentioned an interesting piece about niching kind of down. And so I'm similar. So I talk about field marketing. There's no one else on LinkedIn that talks about field marketing. My mm-hmm. goal is when someone mentions field marketing, they associate my name with it. Kind of like similar to you. I feel like the, you, you built that for yourself. Like, do you, mm-hmm. for the people that are listening, they're usually more uh, junior marketers. So would you recommend niching down when you are starting to think about posting content?
0: Yeah, I mean, if if you, if you talk about posting content, then, I mean, getting into the habit of posting is more important, Just whatever. Yeah. Anything, because you can always overthink think that and be like, oh, I don't know what to say. It doesn't matter. Of course, you will not get a lot of success unless you niche down and unless you're great, uh, your content is great. Those are kind of prerequisites. But getting into the habit of consistent posting is even more important, I would say. Now, your goal is to build up mental availability. Uh, mental availability is like, I think about a topic, let's say field marketing, I think of you, you know, you're the first one, first first, uh, first guy to come in my mind. So like, for instance, positioning, who do you, who do you think if I say positioning?
1: I mean, I, I think of you.
0: Okay, awesome. <laughs> uh, so for most people, I would say it's April Dunford because she wrote a book about it. That's true uh she does more than 50 events a year talking about it all her social content is about positioning obviously b- bringing a wealth of experience and she does positioning consulting it's the perfect perfect thing and april a couple of years ago was nowhere and, and now she's uh, she's uh, you know runs a one person consulting company uh I can't disclose public figures but let's say she's doing five you know? And it's all because she chose a really niche thing and made it hot and sexy. It's far better to be a big fish in a small pond. It's hard to be, if I want to become a marketing guru, now I have to fight with, I don't know, you know, Seth Godin and Gary Vee and so on. It's, it's very hard to get into the top three name selections in somebody's mind. Positioning happens inside the mind. But if you go for a niche that is kind of empty... You can be the first in somebody's mind. So it's a far better strategy. And later, you can expand out.
1: Yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. And you kind of mentioned something about your wife. And so I want to kind of double back to that piece of it. So mm. the best productivity hack is having children. It forces you to be more efficient. I have a three-year-old daughter. Um, but you've got over 30,000 followers on LinkedIn. You've got over 40,000 on Twitter. So how has having children helped you optimize the time that you spend on social media? Social
0: media. Yeah. So I actually, I am less social than I used to be. It's just because like interacting and like talking to people. I mean, that takes a lot lot of time. So I'm I'm actually more of a post and fuck off kind of guy. Um, It's it's a trade off. Uh, So consistent posting is very important for me. I, I maintain like a list of ideas and content to post. And I try to post first thing in the morning when I go to work. Like, Maybe the first thing or maybe if I have a meeting, it's like right after that. So but like very early in the day I try to get it get it over with. And I also try to post on the weekends. Uh, and if you just do a, you know, if you post a lot, writing the post gets easier and faster all the time. At first, like when I try to push my colleagues here, oh, it took them thirty minutes, forty minutes to do a tweet. Yeah, okay. That's a lot. But like for me, I mean, okay, three minutes, maybe if I have to think uh, you know come up with the content on the spot but yeah so I don't I don't do any doomscrolling or try yeah. not to do any doomscrolling I work 8 hours a day uh, I got two businesses to run so you got to prioritize things and so just hanging out on Twitter with friends is not really a productive use of time at work I mean at after work I mean sure I'll tweet with some
1: friends too yeah, absolutely. And so you you have several brands involved with your businesses. And you've yeah. said on a podcast that I was listening to recently, the the SEO for the rest of us one, you can't be more than one thing to somebody. So right. how, how do you manage your personal brand across the different businesses that you run from an agency to CXL Institute to your new business, uh, Winter?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it starts with you getting clear on who you are. And the really the best way to go about it is like, well, what are you actually interested in? So I I don't really care about what the audience wants to hear about. I mean I care a little bit. Yeah. But mostly it's like I'm authentic to myself by posting about stuff that I'm interested in. And that is usually tied to also what I'm working on. And then if I'm interested in I can bring passion to it. It will resonate with some people. And uh, hopefully it's something that, you know, other people are also interested in. Uh but like I don't I don't believe in like Pandering. I mean, you can great get great success by pandering to the masses as well. You can see it on LinkedIn. Well, people are posting daily these empty motivational quotes and stories of, oh, I saw this guy and you know this taught me a lesson about sales. Like, shoot me now. Like, but like some people fucking eat that shit up. Uh, yeah. So I, I guess any kind of content can work. But I I believe in like the bring your whole self to Twitter. Um, and so I was all about conversion optimization. I used to be, but then I just burned out, got burned out. I was like too much into it. I was like writing hundreds of blog posts, speak, speaking to hundreds of events and I was doing consulting. So I just couldn't explain if you ask me what, what is a p value? I will kill you on the spot. <laughs> and so, and I got interested in, in, uh, in other stuff that I'm mainly talking about now, I, I got interested in strategy, business strategy, marketing strategy, mainly an overall business strategy. Uh, anything from from recruitment to product strategy, like how it all works together, competitive strategy, I guess we could say. So I'm really nerding out about that stuff. Uh, I got really interested in differentiation, positioning, messaging. And so I'm t- I've been talking about that. Of course, it it coincides with, with what my company Winter is doing, because also I started it because I was actually interested in the topic. You know, it wasn't random.
1: It's really interesting. It's, you know, when you mention the piece about you basically post the content that you want to post, do you actually respond, like there's a lot of well-known influencers that will post content and then they just don't take the time to respond to people that add, you know, value. I'm not talking about people that throw emojis or like, Oh, that's a good statement. Like, mm-hmm. do, you, do you take time out of your day to like respond to people? Um,
0: so it really de- depends on, on the, I don't reply to every comment. I mean, if there's only a couple, sure. And also depends on the day. of like, what else do I have going on that day? Cause really the lifetime of a social media post is a day max, right? And so really depends what else do I have going on those days. Because sometimes I have more meetings than than in other days. And especially if it's like client stuff, I gotta do sales or whatever it may be, you know. I do try to chime in. Like what I have learned not to argue with people on social. If they disagree with me, oh first of all, great, this is social media or the (laughs) internet. Somebody disagrees with you. Who you know, that's how internet works. People disagree. So I try not to get into the arguments because you're not going to persuade anybody. You know, if if somebody is really commenting and trying to invalidate what I said, mm-hmm. I, I, I might clarify my position once, but I, I'm not going to get into the back and forth because it's a waste of everybody's fucking time. Yeah, yeah, so in principle, you know, in social media, what I think is like, who has the most followers? You know, it's mm-hmm. not people who are the most active on replying to everybody. It's who are famous, like Elon Musk. It's like a million responses to every tweet. Does he reply? No. Yeah. Or The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. Like yes. none of these people respond to fucking anybody, and they have the biggest engagement. So you don't need to do it. Of course, it helps the social algorithm because every, even even your reply, your comment, your own post counts as engagement, and you know it feeds the algorithm. Yes. So if you have the time for it, go for it. But you know, as they say, be skeptical of the CEO or be skeptical of the marketer who spends all their day on social talking about those that stuff and not doing the work. Right. right. So, you know, social does make money. I'm a bit, you know, I have personal data on this, um, but it's it's not like you spend your life there.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah, and and you actually bring up a good point because recently Dave Gerhart was on this this podcast, and so he believes the personal brand is the new company brand. And since you have a variety of businesses, what's your thought on that statement?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, who wants to follow company handles like at HubSpot or I? Didn't, I couldn't give a shit about at HubSpot. However, I am I am following uh, Darmesh. I'm following Kieran, and you know many of their marketing people scott and, and so on and so forth that because they post interesting content and also you relate to humans you're actually building relationships you know when you engage with the post and so, and whatever even if even if they don't reply back in your mind you're like i follow jason lemkin i don't in, interact with saster i interact with uh, jason lemkin's posts he doesn't know who the fuck i am <laughs> like in my mind we have a relationship it's funny how that shit works also yeah. like people tell me they've been following me for years and you know, like they have a, all this relationship in their, in their head with me. And I'm like, what the fuck is this guy? But that, that's how, how, it, you know, how it works. So I'm a big believer. So there's a case case studies that there's this British agency called rise at seven SEO content marketing, things like that. And two years old and they've become the employer of choice for a certain demographic. So people who want to work at agencies, they want to work for that agency in two years. How did they build that reputation? And how they did it is like, A, they are recruiting people who are already active on social. And then they encourage all their employees to post daily, all day long on Twitter and LinkedIn. And they get clients who allow you know the rise at seven people to talk about the work. And so they, they always talk about the work they're doing, which is interesting. And that has built the whole brand of the company. So A, they have built an employer brand and two, they're attracting all their clients also through organic content on LinkedIn, not from the company handle, but from the em- employees. So it, it 100% works.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so this actually kind of leads into my next question. You have a team of, I believe, 40 to 45 people across your businesses. So uh, yeah, like 60 or something. Uh, yeah. Okay, All right, a little off. So when you go to hire someone. How do you evaluate them? Do you factor in how they communicate on social media or in other content they produce? Well, it really depends on the role, right?
0: Developers, I don't really care. Mainly, I care about if they have the skills to do it. Now, on on our agency, Spiro, it is important because like, I think in the agency side, agencies are kind of in the business of expertise. People hire them to add value because they're like the best at something. So... Our agency is the best at managing experimentation programs. And people will only find out that you're the best if you talk about it, right? And so we, we try to do the same as Rise at Seven. But the difference is that our people, for the most part, have not been previously active on social. It's like, hey, you should post. Look at me. It's a lead by example. The leadership is posting, trying to you know bring others along. It's far more difficult than getting somebody who's already active. So we haven't really used how active somebody is on social as a hiring criteria. But going forward, I think depending on the role, it's more more and more important, especially in marketing. So right now I'm in this position where I'm hiring for a a head of growth role. And a lot of applicants I get, to have zero social media presence. It does make me wonder, I mean, if you're ahead, you're like a manager, you manage a team and you're strategic, you know, it, it maybe doesn't matter as much, but I sure would be helpful. Absolutely.
1: So, so you mentioned on Everyone Hates Marketers that at one point you got tired of being a consultant and yeah. just explaining the same things over and over again. But with that being said, a lot of people advise marketers to pick a niche. And we kind of talked about this a little bit and focus just on that one thing where they create content, either Twitter yep. or LinkedIn. So, like, how do you manage that on your side right now?
0: In terms of how, how to not get burned out? Exactly. Yep. Uh-huh. So I think it's like you get a, I'm not hammering the same idea over and over and over. That will be tiring. You, you will get burned out. So I'm always trying to push my craft and like keep learning. And then I'm tweeting and posting about the new shit that I'm learning or maybe not really also new shit, but maybe shit that I haven't talked about yet. And I'm always I think, in order to post interesting social media content, two things need to be had, two pre- prerequisites. One is like you need to feed your brain with new ideas constantly. And, and you do that through two ways. So one, you take thinking time. Solar time, you, know, you write, you journal, and some pe- people are better than others when it comes to generating original ideas. I am, I'm not, not a very good original thinker. I'm a synthesizer. So based on my, I bring my life experience, something I heard in a podcast, a conversation the other day, and now something I read in a book, and it's like, ooh, it all comes together, Eureka. Now I have inspiration, it all makes sense. And also the older you get, the more pieces you have to connect together. It's much harder when you're like 23 and you're just a spring chicken. And that's fine. So, so yeah, so I'm trying to basically talk about new stuff all the time. Like I, if I had to only talk about how to write great headlines, uh, I would totally kill myself.
1: Or everybody else. I love it. And so, I mean, you're, you're known for having a strong opinion. And that's something that I love because I feel like there's, there's so many people, like when I follow your content on social, like you're not afraid to tell it like it is, but there's so many, it, Chris Walker is similar. He, mm-hmm. he goes against it, the grain a lot, but there's so many other people that post content. And it's always the same thing. They say the same thing. There's never any disagreement. Yeah. So, you know, for someone that's a younger professional, how do they go about creating a strong point of view on their own?
0: I think there's just no no way around than just experience in the in the early stage. I wouldn't try. I mean, if you have one, some fine. It's pro- it's probably going to be wrong. Just be very okay to be wrong. Don't don't get a, you know idea fix and where you're stuck with one idea. I have to be right. You know, like how Steve uh, stories about Steve Jobs, for instance, like he was like. I'm right, and this is the way it is. But as soon as he learned that he was actually wrong, he was quick to admit it and change his position. In fact, he went to his like, team members like, you should have argued stronger that I was wrong. Like, why did you let me win that argument? Things like that. So so be, be, be okay to change your mind. In fact, I think it shows a, a strength of a character if you're ready to change your mind. Uh, when the facts change, your opinion should change as well or when in light of new evidence. So don't try too hard when you're young to have a, have a point of view. I think those things emerge over a lifetime. Now, if I look back at myself 10 years ago, some of the things that I felt strongly about, maybe made, made a, you know poked a little fun at others about, that was actually not very accurate or like it was limited. There's a lot more nuance that you pick up along the way. And also like what matters and what really doesn't matter. And like the, the tactical, the strategic, uh, when you're, when you're younger in the career, you really care about tactical shit. Like, yes. Oh, what does the CTA say? <laughs> Doesn't fucking matter, man. Yes. You know, it's like, yes, it can have an impact, but like big picture, there are other things that matter, you know, hundred X more.
1: Yep, absolutely. You, yeah, no, that that that's super important for everyone listening. Definitely take that piece away right there because that is. uh, I think a lot of people stress out over that. So, with the different businesses you have going on, you still find time to produce content. We've talked about that on LinkedIn and Twitter. Like, how do you how do you brainstorm and generate your ideas, or like, what's your workflow typically look like? Do you have like a, a log or a journal or whatever? Yeah, so I'm
0: always listening to an audiobook, always. Uh, so whenever I drive, which is not a lot these days, I, unfortunately, I live pretty close to my office. So my commute is like 12 minutes. So this is like, already at the office? Ah. <laughs> well, the days when I'm picking up the kids from school and I have like a 20-minute ride, and I'm like, yes, can listen to the book. So listening to the book, and as soon as there's an idea that really speaks to me, I I take notes. So when I'm driving I usually pause uh, the book and think about it. And then I I write down those ideas. Usually I send a DM to myself on Slack. So I'm slacking myself these ideas so my my Slack thread with myself is a long list of ideas. Also when I'm reading a book I'm like taking screenshots of paragraphs that speak to me or like if you have Google Google phone you can copy paste from books text so i do that just just to uh memorize or like and then i think about these things uh, also part when i'm lifting weights i'm a big weightlifter. i listen to podcasts and again if something speaks to me boom if i see a tweet that inspires something i, I file it in my I dm myself so i've always things that spark something with me that resonate with me and i just dm myself and so every morning i was like sometimes i have something on my mind other times open up my DM list and see what in the list is like something that I feel I could speak about today. So, oh, yeah, that idea. Let's explore that one. And most of my social posts are notes to self. So, like, if you want to clarify your own thinking about a thing, write it down. And why not broadcast it? And if nobody else cares, like, you get zero likes and other disengagement metrics, it's whatever. The value is in, in clarifying your own thinking about it. And solidifying your own thinking so even if nobody else is listening you know, tweet like dance like nobody's watching tweet like nobody's you know seeing your tweets.
1: <laughs> that's it, it's so true though that you mentioned that because like this the, the reason that i started this whole podcast was because i wanted to talk to people that i could learn from i don't care if there's no one that listens to the show like hearing from people, you chris walker justin welsh like I can implement all this stuff in my day-to-day. Granted, there is, uh, fortunately, people that do listen to it, but, um, like, that was my whole purpose of creating this. This is, like, to help me be a better marketer in the long run.
0: Exactly. And it's also kind of, like, you could take an ABM strategy where it's, like, like I I don't think you want to sell anything to me. Maybe. (laughs) But usually it's, like, okay, who are all these people? Eventually I want to sell something to. So it starts with them being aware that I exist. And then... You invite them to your podcast, your webinar, your virtual event—you know all these things. Like I'm a big event organizer. I have two conferences, CXL Live. There's a lead camp in Europe. There's Winter Games. There's an online series. I invite speakers that I want to get to know. I want to get on their radar, you know. or, so, or they're already friends of mine, and I want to see them again. <laughs> so there's value in there, whether somebody's in the audience or not. You know, those things matter.
1: Yep, absolutely, and so I think we're coming up on time. I just had one final question for you, and I wanted to kind of get your thoughts here. So, for the marketer who has never posted a single thing on LinkedIn or even Twitter for that that aspect, you know, what would you suggest they post about for the first time? The easiest way to start is like in your career, you've learned some things.
0: So make a list of like hindsight, and usually this is like, what would you tell your younger self two years ago or five years ago? What have you learned about Whatever your job is, like about hiring, about you know, what ten things I've learned about SEO. Maybe if you're an SEO person or client relationships or anything like that, you can easily come up with ten things you've learned. Each of those ten things you can turn into a thread, because you know Twitter character limit is what it is, yeah. so hard to fit it in, inside inside a tweet. Uh, so I would start there, and then if you start thinking about it, you probably don't have just ten things you learn. You'll learn twenty things, and thirty things. Maybe a hundred fucking things. And so you could write it up in a, in a bullet point list somewhere in Google Docs and just each time take one thing you've learned and expand on it.
1: Yeah, that, that that's perfect. It's definitely how I started. I started getting serious about March of 2020 and just kind of didn't look back because it's like you get, you get going and then you start realizing, like you said, you do know more than what you do. And like, I just basically put tactical stories of like, Hey, I did this, I fucked up, but like, okay, I learned from it. What can I do to, to be better? And like, people love that type of stuff.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And don't be afraid that, Oh, well, what do I know? Like, well, yeah, don't take a teacher's position. Don't be a guru on a mountain. Share what you've learned. I mean, to your peers, to to your younger self, there's always somebody who will find it engaging.
1: Absolutely. Well, Pep, this was fantastic. You know, where can people go to learn more about you? Anything that you want to plug here, feel free. We'll make sure to throw it in the show notes. Well, my social media really,
0: like I'm active on LinkedIn and Twitter. So just follow me there. Awesome.
1: Fantastic. Well, I appreciate you spending some time with us. It was great having you on the rep your brand podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to rep your brand. Make sure to subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And if you learned something new today it'd be great if you left us a review we'll catch you next
0: time